Welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. Time now for our book club. Uh, we've been through quite a few of the book clubs. They seem to be quite popular. We always make sure that uh, we have someone different each time choosing the books. I'm delighted to say it is back to me for this one because I've been looking forward to this book club for a while. Uh, so strap in, we're going to be talking Court of Isles. And to go through Court of Isles, I am delighted to be joined by... Ronnie. Keith, our resident newbie, Kaelin. So Kaelin, this is his second podcast with us, Um, and I'm very excited he's on with Court of Owls with us as well. Um, Court of Owls is a book I have long held as a shining example of Batman. Um, It's a perfect jumping on point for new readers. Uh, It set the gold standard for me in terms of creative teams because it was the start of a really long sort of four-year run on the title. Not quite seven years, Keith, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Ella Jason Aaron. But uh, yeah, this was... This was uh, uh, this began in, with what was called the DC New 52. Um, th- this is when I started getting the comics in a really serious way. I was a graphic novel reader until this, and then the New 52, which in years since has been slightly maligned and people weren't happy with it. It wasn't legacy the way that certainly Rebirth has proven to be. New 52... So New 52 was a new imprint by DC Comics where they were going to stop all of their titles, relaunch them all at number one. It was called the New 52 because there were 52 individual titles. So you had brand new number ones for Batman, Detective Comics, Superman, Action Comics, Batgirl, um, Swamp Thing, The Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Easy, there's 52. There is 52. How many can I name? This this would maybe rival you in your 10 realms here. More recent (laughs) listeners uh, would know it is quite similar to Rebirth would it? A little bit. A similar in a, sort of thing? In a way, I mean Rebirth was about bringing back legacy so things like Detective Comics and Action Comics reverted back to their original numbering but a lot of other titles did start at a number one. So 52 New 52 sorry mm-hmm. was the idea that what the heroes had been at it for like five years or something was that yeah, right? Yeah so the, the basic the basic idea for it and I can certainly pull out a quote by Schneider later on in this who, who wrote um, Court of Isles so the New 52, the idea was that all of the heroes had been in place for a period of four to five years. But the idea was that if you were a new reader, this was your jumping on point. So you got to remember before the New 52 started, for example, so to bring Scott Schneider into it, he wrote Detective Comics before it started. And Detective Comics was as far as 881. Mm-hmm. Now for, you know, at this point, the movies were starting to hit. The Marvel Universe was in full swing. Nolan's Batman movies had been out so they're trying to attract new readers they needed younger heroes to that exactly and they're, they're trying to attract new people so people didn't want to be walking into comic stores and going oh do you have issue 885 of that they wouldn't really know where to start so the idea behind it uh, was to give it all number ones and this would be a fresh starting point in the first issue or two you'd be given enough knowledge of these characters to be able to jump onto it like you'd been a seasoned reader this did upset some legacy readers because they were thinking, well, I've devoted 20, 30, 40 years collecting and now this is all being wiped out. Can't imagine what that would be like. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> but I mean, for someone like me, I mean, as I say, I people find it interesting. I tell them in the store, like I only really started getting properly, properly in the comics when Batman Begins came out. Because a friend of mine handed me the year one graphic novel, so that was 2005, um, and said, read this. This was when my single issue collecting mm. began in earnest. I collected all 52 number ones, read them all, and then decided which titles to stick with. So, 
I collected that's the, the series fifty two and then the subsequent series countdown. Yeah. Was that that was all prior to this? It was all prior, but it wasn't was that, really was that part of the new fifty two. Was that a previous iteration? Not at all. Fifty two is one of those sort of magic numbers in the DC universe. The way that everything's fifty two. It's there's fifty two multiverses, yeah. fifty two dark multiverses. I think as yeah. well. You know, they had this thing running through the back of some of their comics where they were doing news reports, and it was Channel Fifty Two. Um, just the way in Marvel, 616 is an important number, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So 52 has just always been one of those things. And as I say, they relaunched 52 titles. Um, they had some very exciting guys on it. I mean, you had Grant Morrison on Action Comics. You had Scott Schneider on Batman and on Swamp Thing. You had Jeff Lemire on Animal Man. You had George Perez on Superman. You had, who was on uh, Detective Comics? I think it was Tony Daniel was on Detective Comics. So you had all these great creators and just a really accessible point for people to jump on okay so where does Court of Owls fit into this so Court of Owls was Batman number one so <clears throat> Batman number one was it put together the team of Scott Schneider who was fresh off of Detective Comics uh, a run called The Black Mirror that was very very well received and then he was asked if he would write a Batman number one he was going to be paired with Greg Capullo who was kind of known as a bit of a maverick artist he had worked through Image for years with Todd McFarlane worked on Spawn uh, helped create a character called Haunt. Um, like if you listen to any great Haunt with Kirkman. Uh, Haunt was with Kirkman. Yeah. So Kirkman, Haunt had Kirkman, Capullo, and McFarlane involved at cool. different points. So <laughs> quite the uh, the uh, quite the powerhouse team. But you listen to podcasts from Greg Capullo. Like he was hard drinking. He took loads of drugs. He 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 used to like draw for forty hours at a time to meet image deadlines. And Is all he sorts now of not a big? No, now he's the opposite. Now he like he works out all the time. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't drink. He um. He you you wouldn't want to meet him at a dark alley sort of thing. Not at all. Yeah. But the thing about it was he he has credited Cordovals as that the kind of book that put him on the straight and narrow because with Image being indie, he could you know if things were late and all the rest. It wasn't. It was still a big deal, but it wasn't as big a deal as working for a huge conglomerate like DC or Marvel. So this taught him discipline mm-hmm. massively. Um, but I remember listening, and when Schneider was first paired with Capullo, he was scared of him because Schneider tends to overwrite. No jokes, Kate. Uh, <laughs> and Capullo, we get to that. And Capullo tends to sort of look at the script and go, "Yeah, whatever. I'm going to draw this." But these two working together was a match made in heaven very quickly. Um, which apparently, once they first met. They, they worked it all extremely and more well. recently Snyder and Capullo have been on they continued after this on to uh, Dark Knight's Metal they um, are currently doing Batman Last Night on Earth yes, uh, which uh, is a title we've praised highly on this podcast previously um, they've said it's sort of the bookend to their whole Batman run very much so this yeah. is the beginning I suppose they're in it strikes me as sort of there was a there was a while there that um, and I think they're bringing them back that Marvel had a series of books called The End you know, X Men, the end, Punisher, the end, and it's seeing these taking these characters to the end of their mm-hmm. their stories. You know, and apparently they're bringing those back. Uh, like I read so yeah. So I think uh, yeah. See what you did there. Uh, <laughs> so I guess this is that last night on Earth is the same. Mm. You know, it's Batman, the end. You know, but more importantly, did you see what Keith did that on my much waited for DC centric. Batman related podcast he still went so Marvel did this <laughs> I, just, I just can't get away with it took him five minutes maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway yeah as I say New 52 my massive introduction to comics so I really wanted to showcase Court of Owls and chat about it um, Keith had never read it uh, until recently um, and I always say to people that it's a great starting point if you're looking to get into Batman 
um, which we can get into the nuts and bolts with in a second. I, I, you are going to hear my voice an awful lot in this podcast, so I'm going to leave the floor for the moment and ask for everybody else's main impressions. Start with you, Roddy. Oh, start with me. Yeah. yeah um, well, for me, um, it's quite interesting actually because this is really one of the only superhero runs that I own, and I was a bit like you, like when I was younger, about like loads of graphic novels, then kind of fell off the wayside a little bit and then my friend was like you have to read this book called Black Mirror which they had made a graphic novel out of the action comics run sort of like the same because I'd read is it Hush? Mm -hmm. they'd done the same with Hush like plucked it out of Batman and just made it a couple of graphic novels wasn't it? there there is thick editions but yeah Yeah. they initially released it as two parts Um, and it was just like a great jumping on point and I was like okay where does where does it go from here and Mm -hmm. then started collecting i wasn't single issue reader but i started collecting the graphic novels and um i was a big fan of scott snyder actually i'd read his um series of short stories which are really good and read the wick was it the wick the wick was the underwater one they did with sean murphy so that's very good i think it was before that wasn't it uh the wick was after this before this he had severed which was a cross-country horror story about like two kids hopping on the railroads across America. Oh, okay. Uh, American Vampires, what brought them yeah. sort of to DC along with Detective Comics. But yeah, The Wake, I think, was maybe 15 That's issues into this. Other, or so. Yeah. It was probably the first three trades were in. But yeah, um, yeah, just a magnificent book. And um, for me, it was the, it's one of the greatest, the most iconic runs of all time, but it's also one of the greatest introductions to a character for me. Uh, with Batman so yeah that's me and might be might be weird to say but yeah um, I, lo- I love it say Absolutely it say it. <laughs> say it it's so it's so good Keith um, I uh, obviously had to well didn't need convinced to read this I just I've got I've always got a lot to read you know what I mean and whether it's it's my own pull list or whether it's stuff that I'm really I'm interested in reading I mean life's short and there's a lot to read yeah. Um, so it took obviously as being one of your favourite books and you wanted to do this book club on it for me to read it uh, you lent me the gorgeous absolute edition um, and my I mean I'm coming from it from the other side I've read my, my introduction to, Sh- to Snyder was more as a writer was more recent uh, with the stuff that he's doing for DC Metal recently. Justice League yeah, yeah yeah Metal and Justice League specifically and I haven't made any secret of the fact that I'm not a big fan of that the way he writes cosmic stuff I think he in a, in a, in a, he's, he's obviously Grant, Grant Morrison was his mentor Yeah. Uh, but Snyder, would it be fair to say as well I know you don't really like the cosmic side of the Marvel universe so it could be a little yeah, bit of that it's, in a the... different, it's a different thing it's a different thing it's the, the writing I as I said before, I think he just loses the run on himself. Mm-hmm. I think he he it gets into the, the the largeness of it, and I I it just doesn't do it. It just seems to explode everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a mess. So although parts of metal were great, I didn't think it ended particularly well. Um, although uh, Justice League, there's some great concepts. It gets too amorphous, and it takes James Tinian to go alright Scott calm yourself I write an issue uh, to, 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 to bring it back really that's exactly what he says <laughs> yeah, you know, I got this you know 
Um, but uh, you were beseeching me that you know Snyder's street Crime level, level stuff yeah. is much more where it's at. And to be fair, yes, I have a more much more of a preference for that over the cosmic stuff. So you know, whenever you're I guess writing street level stuff, it puts probably more certainly geographical boundaries on what you can do, and it. it brings it to a point where you, you, you've got to stick to some sort of realism you've got to stick to sort of the laws of physics at least <laughs> you know um, so okay. so I think being confined by those constraints does Scott Snyder a favour uh, and I thought this was fantastic really enjoyed it um, one thing that really that I really really love about uh, comics and it's uh, and anything really I guess is the the idea of legacy and the idea of history and what I loved about this was just exactly that that this book was backfilling the history of Batman it was taking it was taking maybe some things that have been mentioned before mm-hmm. or said before but never really fleshed out and mm-hmm. it's just going hold on you know so obviously Snyder has gone oh there's a story there I can I can write that story you know and I thought that was class and then of course then the connections later on that come to my favourite uh, DC character which is Dick Grayson uh, <laughs> are, are awesome as well so this this continues to echo into even current Nightwing run yeah you know so yeah I, you're exactly right um, I absolutely loved it the art is spot on the writing's beautiful um, the absolute edition you get a chance to I think you're balanced you're going Jesus this writing's class but they they rush on with the with the story in order to you know, get the story finished. But look at that lovely art. I need to spend some time. <laughs> so that was the balance. I definitely give it. I definitely give it another read. Um, and there's some great characters and just some great concepts, secret societies and conspiracies all over that in books. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, great stuff. Kill. Um, well, I'm very much a Superman fan, and I love getting to slip that in the Batman podcast. But <laughs> like Al, New Fifty Two was very much my opportunity to get into comics without having to worry about the past 30, 40, 50 years of single issues. Uh, but Batman, it it just grabbed me from the get-go, which really bugged me at the time. But um, between Capullo's art and the way Snyder told the story, uh, as like he said, the secret societies and the mystery brought the detective back to Batman. Uh, and just the way he tells the story throughout it, the between different characters he brings in or the voiceovers or the narr- narration of it just paired with Capullo's art which I'm looking at as being flicked through now is <laughs> it's like he said you can either decide to power on through with the story or you can spend 10 minutes per page looking at what Capullo's drawn his pictures of the bat, the bat cave his double page spreads mm-hmm. uh, trying trying to piece where you can see each Batmobile from but it it definitely is my favourite run from New 52 from its entirety and it is above Superman's New 52 run <laughs> unequivocally Superman's New 52 run he was in that sort of liney costume and he was yeah, a the, young guy he, got red, well, he was, was very arrog- arrogant yeah. and got rid of the red trunks it's, that's it wasn't of, a bad decision <laughs> that's kind of funny actually because I was thinking about it it was like this book is the most relatable Bruce Wayne has ever been to me and sorry, but that was the time you were a millionaire well yeah. <laughs> I thought you had something really important to say <laughs> but it was just a joke <laughs> um, oh, I wish I was a millionaire but um, but yeah um, 
for me when when I read a lot of Batman Bruce Wayne like obviously I'm not the biggest Batman fan so this could be completely wrong but I find it really hard to engage with Bruce Wayne I feel like he's not written enough but because his narration is in this book I feel really feel quite connected to him like he is he is part of the history of um, obviously it goes into quite a lot of the history of Gotham but he himself feels a part of Gotham and obviously he always cares you know he always cares but they he, got across he his... expresses that through Batman yeah whereas yeah, this, well, uh, yeah it yeah. draws him in as Bruce Wayne because of the family connection and the yeah you, yeah, yeah. you are engaged more to Bruce Wayne at the start than you are to the Batman and I think in the first issue you don't even meet the Court of Isles no, maybe no, not even until the third issue, one or something issue isn't it? two they're introduced but then the first mentioned in issue two but yeah. then first appearance is um, issue three but yeah and you're also you get the rogues gallery that we're looking at there at the start <clears throat> and it's just a perfect introduction isn't it well yeah that's it I mean the, the reason I and I'll jump on that point a little bit in that a lot of times Bruce Wayne is just written as oh he's the playboy he's the mask so that people don't know that he's possibly Batman but mm-hmm. as you say in this he does try to do a lot of good for the city in this as Bruce as well as Batman so that is really really interesting point um, but yeah, the, re- the reason I throw this to everybody as a starting point, and the reason I think this was so successful with the new 52, is that, so it starts out with a breakout at Arkham. It would have been so easy to do a Batman number one, go right, let's go big, let's do the Joker, most recognisable villain, etc, etc. What they actually do here is they open an Arkham and they show you a lot of Batman's rogues gallery. So you see Two-Face, you see Scarecrow, you see more recent ones like Professor Pig, you see Killer Croc, you see Riddler, you see Freeze. So it shows you all these characters that we all know about. Um, Batman basically stopping this breakout at Arkham. And what's really good is at one point he then gets help from the Joker. So you're you're just, whether you've been reading comics for 30 mm-hmm. years or this is your first comic, you've straight away you're knocked off kilter. You're like, yeah. why is Batman uh, working with the Joker? The Joker design is straight out of somebody's nightmare. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, but it's a very acrobatic Joker as well. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? So it, it, again, it's not like you go, oh yeah, I remember this story five years ago where the Joker fought. Plus they're working really well together strategically. Yeah. You know, one's going high, one's going low, one's going left, one's going right. Um, and then after that, it cuts to Batman talking to Gordon. So again, I think nobody draws Gordon as well as Schneider. Or sorry, as Capullo. Go ahead, Keith. What are you going to say? Just, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, this run starts with uh, Batman and the Joker working together. Yeah. And Last Night on Earth has Batman and the Joker and then, working together. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there's also a nice uh, throw to Dark Knight's Metal. Again, spoilers for Dark Knight's Metal, so if you need to fast forward a minute, do it. Um, but in it, the way Batman takes down the Batman who laughs is by doing the last thing the Batman who laughs that's thinks course, yeah, yeah. Batman would ever do, and that's work with the Joker. So it's almost at the start of Snyder's run he's working with the Joker and at the end he's working. So I like that sort of symmetry. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as I say, there's this great line where Gordon says one more thing on the CC footage. It almost looks like you're fighting alongside the Joker. Tell me that'd be ridiculous. And Batman says that'd be ridiculous, uh, Jim. So what it actually turns out to be is um, it was uh, Dick Grayson wearing this face mapping technology. But again, this na- this Joker's proper nightmarish stuff. Yeah. You know, introduced in Shadow... <laughs> And, but there's so much humour to this as well which is what I like I mean Bruce is sitting Not, in the tux in yeah. the back cave and the Joker walks up to him and goes you do actually practice brooding I always suspected <laughs> um, so uh, but it also introduces ideas of technology it shows a side of Bruce Wayne where the reason he can be Batman and do it so effectively because of his resources 
you know, he invents this new technology. It's face mapping technology. He has this contact lens that allows him to be linked to the back cave so that he can check case files at all times. Um, and then this is where you're finally introduced, as I said, to Dick Grayson being. Um, but there's also one of my favorite lines in all of this, uh, in this whole run, which is where, uh, so they obviously had this plan where Dick Grayson was dressed up as a Joker for a couple of days in Arkham mm -hmm. to, you know, infiltrate, so to speak. And uh, Dick Grayson says to Bruce, score one for Alfred's school of acting. Still, I can't believe you left me in there an extra day, Bruce. I needed to be sure it was Matthews. Besides, with all you've been shouldering lately, I figured you could use the day off. Dick, a day off in Arkham. Only you, Bruce. Only you. There's just great... Like, you... Even though this is a number one, you get a connection with these characters straight away. You get that relationship with Dick and with Bruce. So, I'm just thinking, before you go deep, what's the overview of the story? What's the overview? Of the, what's yeah, the arc? That's, that's fair. So, yeah. So, as I say, I mean, I was saying that the reason it's a great number one is because you introduce the Rogues Gallery, first of all. But what I like is they introduce them, 10 pages, put to the side, boom, you're into a brand new story. So, again, whether you know you've been reading comics for 30 years or this is your first you're now introduced to this idea of this secret society. Well, sorry, before we get to there, I should say, Bruce is trying to rejuvenate the city. Um, he's got a, a plan in place, and this is what stirs the Court of Owls into existence, so to speak, because Bruce wants to renovate a lot of Gotham, knock down certain buildings, build up others, um, and he seems to have a lot of support for it. He's introduced as well to this character called Lincoln March, who becomes very important, who is a guy who is uh, running for mayor. Um, so you've got all this stuff, and then the the issue one ends with Bruce being called to a crime scene where there's you start to see Schneider's hand for horror here you know there's this body that's been pinned to a wall 20 little knives coming out of him and these knives have a little indentation of an oil on the end of them but what this is this is where I knew this would just catch Keith as well because this issue ends with them finding a little bit of uh, DNA DNA yeah. there and he gets uh, Alfred to run it and the whole way through it, I should say as well, there's been this running um, thing of Gotham is, and it's all about, they do make Gotham a, a character oh, very much. Darkseid is. Uh, Darkseid. <laughs> <laughs> but it ends with the line, because above everything, Gotham is a mystery and the DNA matches Dick Grayson. Yeah, that was the, the skin the skin cells beneath the victim's fingernails were a perfect match for DNA's, for, yeah. for, Bruce's, for Dick Grayson's DNA. Yeah, so it's just, in that first issue alone, you've set up, the whole Bat family, you've set up this new mayoral candidate, you've set up the rejuvenation of Gotham, you've set up a mystery with um, Dick Grayson, you've got these little parts with, you know, these little uh, oils on the knives, you've shown Batman as a detective where he notices a painting is upside down and he can smell linseed oil and it's too strong and he knows that there's a hidden message. And the clock's ticking because that message suggests that Bruce Wayne will die tomorrow. Will die tomorrow. Um, as a first issue, like as I say, I picked up all 52 issue uh, number ones. I maybe stuck with 25 of them, but this mm -hmm. was the one every week or every month. I was like, "When's Batman out?" Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool because exactly as you say it, and you know, it makes you comfortable at the start by introducing you to the Rogues Gallery, and you're going, "Oh yeah, I know most of these guys." Yeah, you know, I'm all right, and there's Batman kicking the crap out of them, and then it puts you off kilter by introducing the Joker as Batman's aid here. Yeah, you know, and then as I say, you're you're seeing the Batcave, and you're. You're introduced, reintroduced to the the Bat family, or introduced possibly. I don't know how long had Damien been involved at this stage. Well, this is it. I mean, because this was a new number one, there was also a Batman and Robin series, which was Batman um, out in patrol with Damien Robin, um, 
and that was the first time they'd been put together because in pre-New 52 it was Dick Grayson Batman yeah. who had Damian Wayne as Robin mm-hmm. but yeah I just love that wee introduction again it's, it's efficiency of storytelling in one panel you've got Bruce using this technology I was talking about yeah, the, the, the contact lens, lens yeah, the... I was like facial recognition go and then it's able to say Dick Grayson you know security level highest and you know same yeah. with all the former rest former Robin current Nightwing yeah yeah. Uh, Nightwing was another great run actually I should say in the new 52 as well I think I'm going to grab that I think <laughs> I'm going to and the, I think I need to grab that Grayson run as well yeah yeah. already Tom King mm-hmm. exactly yeah. <laughs> that sat in the store for ages and ages as a hardback when yeah. I first started coming at the store and then whenever I'd finally worked up the I think I'm going to buy that it was gone <laughs> I bet you Andy has it <laughs> it's not signed so no it's alright um, but yeah as I say efficiency of storytelling we talk about it in this podcast sometimes about you know this is what makes great comic reading because sometimes comics are quite short you know it's hard to establish an awful lot in 30 pages 32 pages mm-hmm. the amount of threads set up in this is incredible I think I had a responsibility to, to entrain current Batman fans yeah. and say this is your Batman yeah. while at the same time new Batman fans saying this is a place for you to start this is yeah. a young Batman where Dick Grayson's only up to his shoulder <laughs> uh, and, uh, he looks taller in the night he does a great job as well though of establishing that Batman has these relationships with these characters he's not coming on as Oh, Harvey Bullock's panicked because he meets Batman. Yeah, 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 and that and that's the other thing. Harvey Bullock's in there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Gordon knows that he's casual enough that he can just say, Mm -hmm. "You weren't actually working with Joker, were you?" Yeah, I mean, it walks. It just walks that line between the new and the old perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so it goes from there into chapter two. So obviously, you had that. um, You had that little uh, note of Bruce Wayne will die tomorrow. So it then goes in. It's what Keith's saying about legacy. The next. The, the start of the next issue is the original Wayne Tower and it starts going into the history the tower was constructed in, in 1888 under the watch of the great great grandfather Alan Wayne and it goes into a lot of this history which will be paid off by the end of the issue but and that, and that Wayne Tower is that the same Wayne Tower that's the centre of the transport network in Gotham and the, and the Batman Beyond I think Beyond it's a similar movies. concept yeah, yeah same, same sort of concept because it does it does sort of layer over the whole city and well, where was this published in relation to the release of the the Nolan Batman. So this was 2011. So by that point, you'd already had the Dark Knight. It was okay. pre Dark Knight right. Rises, but which was 2012. But it was um, yeah, 2011 was when the New 52 kicked off. Um, so yeah, it goes into all this history about Gotham and how this building was constructed and different gargoyles overlooking the city and all this kind of stuff. And then straight out of nowhere, boom! Bruce Wayne crashing through this massive observation deck. You know, suited. And he's fallen, fallen to his, yeah. He's basically fallen to his death. Um, and again, again with great narration, you know, because he's got these throwing knives. You can see the little oil symbol on them again. Um, but the narration is like the throwing knives are perfectly placed to lodge tight in, in my arteries. The pain and blood loss make it almost impossible to grab onto anything to break my fall. Impossible to do anything except bleed and drop and watch the city rise up to greet me. And then it does that classic trope of going. 24 hours earlier mm. um, and there's just this great if, if ever I could have one action scene out of a Batman book put onto <laughs> the big screen this is it it's basically these thieves getting away in a helicopter they're going along a train line Batman catches up to them on a motorbike on the train line drags them out of it then plays chicken with the helicopter again this is a confident Batman that's again what's great about it and this is why this story works so well because you can see how confident he is. I mean, he's even got Alfred on the radio too. 
and he's like uh, I'll be there relax this will only take a moment this is a confident in his own skin Gotham is my city no one's getting away with anything and again this is why this becomes such a great story because you then slowly start to get introduced to this idea of the Court of Isles and the idea that someone has existed in his city for a hundred years and he's never come across them really rankles him doesn't it terrifies him yeah you know no one knows Gotham better than Batman that's his whole thing he knows every nook every cranny every building he's prepared for everything and yet he hears these fairy tales like this there's this little chant um, a nursery rhyme actually and it was this kind of nursery rhyme that criminals would like say to their kids you know like the court of owls will get you if you step out of line and he's like look it's just a nursery rhyme again it's the arrogance he's like do you think something exists in this city that well, I don't know and then about? you know just what Roddy was saying about you know this scene where he's getting fired through the glass you know he's totally the analytical detective you know he's unbreakable that is unless the assassin just kicked me through them you know how to hit the glass right you know and uh, where the impact's made and where the throwing knives are lodged as he is falling to his death that's yeah. that's the unrelatable <laughs> Batman you know that's the analytical detective that's the you know and just exactly what he's doing there that's the you know making every move right you know yeah. da, 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 da. <clears throat> so I think that's what you're seeing there and I think you're seeing that then juxtaposed later against the the more human Bruce Wayne who's been entrained into this thing because of his family connection and because of mm-hmm. his you know his love for Gotham you know but uh, and that this is this is the definition therefore of street level yeah you know what I mean because you know there's there's those those panels of Gotham or there I think one of you guys said just off mic about Gotham being a city yeah. Gotham being a character, character in the city in the in the book uh, and I think that very much is the case that's what makes this street level and that's what really really appeals to me yeah, I mean, it's, it's all investigative stuff as well. You know, it's too often you see Batman as a superhero and not as a detective. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. Whereas in this, you know, he has cameras set up in Gotham Morgue so that they can recreate the environment. He can then analyze it in the Batcave and <clears throat> all this kind of stuff. So again, they're trying to figure out what happened to the guy who got all the knives um, put into him. But again, he's starting to find more and more clues about the, um, the Court of Owls and the Talons, who are the members of the Court of Owls. But uh, you know you've got all this stuff with Nightwing in the in the back here. Oh, you know, that like, was that was class. Just that that. Sorry to r- no, cut no. you off there. That that scene with Batman and Nightwing in the back cave. Nightwing still in his reds, his red costume. Um, but the fact that he's already you know Bruce knows that uh, about the DNA. Yeah. You know and that you know such and such and he's not too worried about checking Nightwing and Nightwing no one I mean Dick Grayson knows Batman better than anybody yeah. you know in his life and he goes yeah you already checked the surveillance footage from the groundbreaking didn't you uh, that's why you don't care to check my alibi <laughs> you know what I mean it's like you trust me I'm your closest confidant here you know you still checked. but you still checked <laughs> there's no you know it's mm-hmm yeah, so again, you get all the stuff with that. So the you then get introduced to the observation deck, which is where we saw Bruce getting thrown out of, and he's meeting Lincoln March. And again, this is Bruce trying to invest in the city, just through not just through means as Batman, but through Bruce Wayne. And he's looking to back Lincoln March for mayor. And then this is your first introduction then to a Talon. Um, so the Talon is uh, basically a trained assassin from the Court of Owls. And uh, they throw a pile of knives at Lincoln March. So we don't even know what the Court of Owls is yet. No, just yeah, yeah that's that's more in the next one. But just this awesomely, awesomely costumed 
Yep, loads uh, of throwing it's knives. One of the coolest designs I've ever seen. It really is. It's I mean, how do you make an owl terrifying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From like Batman. Yeah, that, that's really that's fantastic. It's just it's the there's 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 legacy in the costume, you know, and the the bandoliers and the. the there is a lot of braziers, you know, and the Batman. I there suppose, is, yeah, like very much. Even, so. even yeah. the design of the coil. But is not that not is that not what they say later on that that. Was there not something about the fact that the later Talon costumes had been based on uh, some of Batman's, some of Batman's technology? Um, well, what's interesting even is just breaking it down into nature. Like owls are predators to bats; they actually yeah. hunt bats down in nature. So again, it's it's building on some really good stuff there. Which is yeah. probably with the so whole thing. So you're learning. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. You know, Snyder's probably gone. What hunts bats? Cows <laughs> hunt bats. All right, let's go. He says you can learn things from comics. Yeah. But again, what's interesting here is because Bruce is in the presence of Lincoln March, he needs to take this talent down, but also not look like he's ridiculously well trained. Mm. So he's sort of like you know, go for strikes to look like Lucky Blue, Solar Plexus, and then the the talent blocks a couple of things. He's like, all right, playtime's over. Yeah, he quickly realizes <laughs> that that's not yeah. Yeah. and then he's like doesn't make sense it only takes 11 pounds of pressure to collapse a windpipe I'm applying over 100 and he's not even flinching must be on something that's half the pressure it takes to not take off a human ear uh-huh. I'm worried you know that <laughs> <laughs> he knows stuff um, but again it throws in more mysteries about what we're talking about legacy and stuff because as Bruce gets thrown out what's interesting is the talent jumps after him almost as if like the job's not done just by my throwing him out the window but the Talon then says how I love killing Wayne so again you're interested in the mythology and the legacy and, and all that kind of stuff but what this does show is that Bruce is prepared because he knows about an extra guardian gargoyle on the building that he's able to grab that you can't see from the from the ground uh, it's for visitors who come by air so he's still relying on his knowledge that you know to get the upper hand here mm, the 13th guardian installed by alan wayne's son henry my great grandfather yeah yeah well that's the, that you know these are bruce Lee wayne's links to the city you know. mm. and then you have one of the best horror elements of the whole book where the talon is crashed into a car uh it's being taken away by an ambulance and then you just see these two like bright lights come on underneath the uh the sheet and then by the end of it it's driving the uh ambulance. i just love that with you this kind of I was thinking about it. I saw like um, Tom King talking about his own Batman run, mm-hmm. and he was saying how his run was very influenced by. I I haven't read it, but he was saying his run is influenced by his wife mm-hmm. and their relationship, and yeah. how the bat and the cat mirrors that. Mm-hmm. The bat and the cat mirrors that. That's a real yeah. Doctor Seuss line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're you, you can keep it. Um, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Roddy. Is it so, about Snyder's influences? Yeah, so Tom King obviously decided his his run he wanted. Obviously, there's more to it, but he was like, the core is romance. Yeah. The genre, like, the genre is also romance, to an extent. Yeah. Whereas Snyder, you can just see... Uh, Snyder and Capullo, obviously, to an extent, with Spawn as well, I'm sure had a big influence on it. But you can just see the horror just drip out of it. Big time. Just especially with this one, the covers that we're looking at, even the design of the aisles, how they appear out of nowhere. I know Snyder's a big horror fan, but there's a lot of stuff that's just, even as the story goes on, everything just seeps seeps out into it. And obviously, mm. look at the bloods and all. 
Yeah, I mean, horror is very much Snyder's genre, certainly at this point in his writing career, because he's coming off American Vampire. I'm really keen to read American Vampire yeah. after reading this, I have to say, especially with the Stephen King influence. And, and American Vampire as well is, again, legacy, because it starts off in the Old West, but builds up to modern days. Oh, I love me a wee bit of the Old West. Yeah. <laughs> Has a character called Skinner Sweet, who's a cowboy, who becomes a vampire. Uh, it's great stuff. But um, no, his roots were very much in horror at this point, and that's what I like. I don't think we'd really seen, although to a degree you had in The Black Mirror, which was Schneider before this, you've never really seen a dark horror-based Batman. He's always really heroic or just the detective. This is so entrenched in horror. It, it's well, yeah, a, I mean, Batman's thing. origin is gothic. Gotham is gothic. It's in the name. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but uh, yeah, we get the issue three then with it, and uh, it starts off with you know, a flashback to Gotham City in 1922 and there's this crazy old man running through the streets going, they're coming for me, someone help me, they're coming for me. And the policeman stops him and says to his friend, don't you recognise him? That's that's Alan Wayne. So again, it starts going into like the Wayne family legacy and, and all he was the Wayne that built that, the, the Wayne Tower. Yeah. And, da, 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 yeah. and he's just mumbling through the streets. He's running through, you know, with no shoes on. He's like, they're everywhere. Don't you see the 13th hour? It's upon us. So the implication uh, is that he's been chased by the Court of Isles, is that right? And it's also that he knows, but no one believes him, yeah, you know, yeah, as well. Yeah. And then he disappears down a manhole. And then that you, you hear more about that later. But again, you've got a really great uh, action scene here with Batman where he's down sort of in the underground, down where the trains are, trying to get a bit of information. And again, this is where he uses both his smarts and his technology because he's finding these guys called the Whisper Gang. who all have these metallic sort of face plates covering them. And uh, it's like the mask is soldered together at the back of the head and can't be removed for at least a year until the sixth has proven himself. All of which makes them pretty tough. Unless you're a magnet. And <laughs> he throws all these magnets on this speeding train going past and oh, yeah. all this kind of stuff, which is great. But uh, yeah, more stuff with, you know, Alfred trying to say about, um, you know, maybe believing in the talons and maybe there's something to it. But then you get a really interesting, is it in this issue or it might be later on? Well, Batman. I think Bat- it's later on. This was my favourite part of this. My favourite part of this story was in this issue and that's whenever he starts to discover the nests discover the nests and yeah. the, the talon nests and when you start to look at the, the legacy of of the coat of owls and the legacy of the talons and uh, just there, there's so many wee easter eggs yeah uh, well, let's say you see the talon outfits up against the wall you see paintings with these really but it's it's dark it, masks it's more than just the talon outfits it's he's discovering He's discovering the nests in Wayne Tower, for example, which was places yeah. he knows yeah, his exactly, home. and built in the eighteen hundreds. But likewise, the you're seeing much older versions of the Talon yeah. armor, and each, you know each one he sees, he sees the advancements they make. They're catching yeah, up their yeah, head. Yeah, it's, you know, and the, this isn't good. The weapons of the time, and you know the Da Vinci like uh, flying apparatus, <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff, while still maintaining this. These, the symbology and the East. What, what is it they say they invade their territory and make their enemy, enemies territory and make it their home without them even yes, yes, that's, or something that's something right like that. there was or something that was whenever he and Alfred were nests. talking yeah uh, there it is there they're one of the rare birds that doesn't build its own nest instead what they do is they find nests abandoned or in use by rival birds and take them over in essence they invade an enemy's territory and build their nest inside his home yeah I thought that was Brilliant, yeah, that's what brilliant. sets him off, you know. And he's fighting these nests in between floors of his buildings yeah. and all of this, you know. And it's just this. This is just. This is where it all sort of 
comes together for him and you know you're seeing the dated photographs from 1891 yeah, that, and the 1900s I still remember looking at that photograph for the first time and getting chills I was the, like oh my god creepy ass yeah yeah this yeah. entire sequence is great just it builds tension like you read it you're it wanting is, to turn yeah. the page but, but it's you, also, want, you want to see more but it's also discovery it's the yeah. discovery it's, it's Batman's discovery of what he is that what he everything he knows is wrong you and know? the beauty of it is you discover it with him it's yeah not. yeah and what I, what I love in some of those pages is you're seeing you see the the buildings with through the, through, yeah, the outside, the through the what looks like a, an eyepiece of the Court of Owls, the Talons costume well this is where I think that as a as a team they were really finding their groove and they're almost trying to outmatch each other like Schneider's <laughs> writing is so good so Capullo's like I'm going to show you and as you say you've got these buildings shown through the eyes I mean I, I must have looked at there's a page in here that I must have looked at for about five minutes even when I reread it recently to make sure that the symmetry of it was right so he walks into one of these buildings and you see Batman at the door and you see from behind the talon and then it cuts to the other side and you see from Batman's point of view looking into the room and I was even comparing the symmetry of like the aisle over there and you know stuff you know the angle at which he's looking into the room and all this kind of stuff oh I had not noticed yeah. that I had thought those were two different places no again I was just looking at the symmetry of that it was awesome um, and then you've got you know pictures dated as recently as 2006 well that's, that, that was chilling enough that you know whenever he was seeing that 2006 being uh, yeah, the modern now ish yeah. you know what I mean and those you, you kind of go Right. So, they're so, here now. So is that the talent? Is that the talent that attacked Batman? And if so, who are those people? Are they still alive? Yeah. Are they movers and shakers and in the upper echelons of Gotham? What the, you know? And then that's that's whenever they cut you off. Boom. But again, just with great writing as well, where Batman is realizing he goes all this time right under our feet, and then his foot hits a yeah, wire. exactly. And then boom. And that then seemed really that seemed really amateurish, you yeah. know, for Batman. I was like, what do you mean, Batman tripped a trip? <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, and then that, you le- that lends it to it though Batman is so distracted and yeah, so taken be- by this mystery that yeah, exactly. he doesn't know as you say wire. he's off his game because you know everything yeah. he knows is yeah absolutely should uh, also mention that uh, Jonathan Galapion is the anchor and FCO the colorist so their work on it just brings another dimension to it just thought it was worthy just to mention those two and then there's Richard Starkings and Jimmy Benincourt do oh, the letters Richard as well. Starkings of Comicraft. Yep, the very same. <laughs> and Capullo did all the covers. Capullo did all the covers. Um, there are variants for each issue, but you would never want a variant for these covers because <laughs> it's just one after another after another of greatness. And you know, just what we're talking about that part where um, the the bomb goes up, and then you see the you know the talent stand there, flames reflecting in the eyes. Um, and you see, you know, the owl just looking on menacingly, and then you look at the wide shot, and you can just see him standing on top, and it's just thoroughly, thoroughly brilliant. And then, as you say, it's interesting that you say that that seemed amateurish for Batman, and then the very next issue is literally like most people assume the danger of a tripwire lies in the blast, and then again he's methodical and thinking this through, and, mm-hmm. and all the rest, and how to get out of there before it all comes down. Don't, I mean, what what Kaelin says is exactly accurate. That obviously he wouldn't have wanted to trip the tripwire yeah. but the reason he has tripped the tripwire is because he's off his game how he reacts to the tripwire and what happens next is very he's much he's familiar with being blown up yeah exactly <laughs> and then we must have aren't we all I would have thought this would have been your favourite issue here where uh, you know Bruce is dissecting the bones and chanting to Dick Grayson and the 
trying to take Grayson in the back here, especially like Dick's line of where he's coming down and he's like, Bruce, Bruce, are you awake? And then he sees the empty bed and then it goes, all is right in the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, you know, but it's interesting. You can even see just a, a little bit of a visual tool. Like Bruce has been very clean cut until now. Now you're starting to see a little bit of stubble coming on and, you know, maybe bags under the eyes and, you know, he's starting to get really obsessed with it. But this is the issue I was talking about. I, I thought it was in the last one, but it's in this one. But it then goes into like Bruce conducting this investigation when he was a child. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. very first investigation, isn't it? You know, well, that's what's really interesting because Dick's like, "Are you sure there's no way this can be real?" And he's like, "Look, I looked into it when I was a kid because he had heard whispers that maybe the court of Isles were involved in killing his parents." And like, this is this is where the, the new fifty two falls down because they'd only had four or five years of being superheroes he needed to take him back to childhood in order to give him enough room. <laughs> but it's really interesting because it, it's it's a period of time that you don't see an awful lot of Bruce Wayne in comics. You know, how did he deal with the grief of you know his parents dying? And it's interesting that here he becomes obsessed with trying to find reason for it mm. and trying to find maybe who was responsible. But again, this all lends itself perfectly. This is like old school seventies horror comic type yeah, layouts is, and yeah, yeah. all the rest. It's so we bit we bit EC comics. We bit it's yeah. all shadows with big white eyes and all the rest. So Bruce is thinking he's going to find this big horrifying truth, and it's like, and what did I find? Dust, nothing, no answers, no villains, just an old empty room and all that kind of stuff. And then he actually gets locked in there for a week. Um, and then when Alfred found me, I was coming to so. It's interesting that at least they give a bit of reason to why he doesn't believe in the Court of Owls other than there's no way these guys exist in my city. Mm-hmm. You know, we had looked into it in the past. So and are they sort of replacing a wee bit, you know, the, the classic, um, you know, Bruce falling into the cave of bats? Um, um, not is, there, is there an element of that there? A little bit, I suppose. Um, well, see, it depends. I mean... I mean, if you go to the classic year one mythology of Batman, it's when he's sitting in his study and a bat crashes or he goes, yep. I will become a bat. Um, but it's, you know, you sort of get them tangled with a movie slightly because yeah, 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 he falls yeah. into the cave and bats frighten him and all that kind of stuff. But even, um, I just love the whole idea of him even here being very investigative and very curious and, uh-huh. you know, following leads and, you know, following that sort of logic. Um, and then we get to for me the best part of it all and this is where he gets into the sewers so he's following he's following where his mad great great grandfather yeah disappeared yeah that's it and out of nowhere he just gets completely crushed and taken and then it's like welcome batman to the labyrinth it was issue five of this i've probably said it about every issue so far so i'm probably <laughs> up but it was issue five of this that i knew i was reading something really really special um issue five is essentially just a full length issue of Batman trapped in this maze with the odd cutout shot to people outside saying you know Bullock saying he'll be dead soon you know you know oh you've been running this hot all week so straight away you realise he's been missing for a week uh-huh. you know Gordon looks really worried um, you see the Bat family trying to chase down leads um, you know but they keep shining the Bat signal um, fun plan anyway. of Nightwing standing back along Damien to beat the criminals <laughs> with Damien with a wee grumpy look on his face as well um, it's the first time we've seen Catwoman as well and Catwoman doesn't really play a big part in Snyder's run at mm-hmm. all but it's interesting to see her here just obviously knowing the Tom Keane run since um, seeing her looking so worried uh, but uh, meanwhile Batman's down below in the labyrinth going slightly mad this this is one of the, the best <laughs> sequences of anything I've ever like ever read the narration the, the fact he keeps doubting himself the torn sort of eye patch 
the the fact that he like at one point he needs to drink water from this big fountain which has a huge oil in it and he, he even says like it's probably poison doesn't matter i have to drink it i'm so thirsty he sees all these pictures of all these people who've been lost in this labyrinth people of influence over the years people who have failed going up against the court of Isles. he finds his grandfather's photo doesn't he, he does yeah um it's all just set up to to really wind him up yeah and then this is where it, it got special for hey, me. What's like, going on here? It's so hard to <laughs> surprise in comics or break the fourth wall in a way that's not stupid and self-referential like Deadpool or Harley Quinn or whatever. But this was fourth wall breaking for me. This was literally you had to start turning the comic and it was going upside down and it was going sideways. And I remember listening to an interview with um, Capullo and Schneider. And when Schneider first got his, his comps to this, he phoned Greg Capullo in a huff going they completely messed up our issue Greg why the F did they do this we're selling well I can't believe they're doing this to the two of us and Greg Capullo just basically said calm down go back and read it in the context of the scene and this was Capullo's idea it wasn't Schneider had nothing to do with this so all this turning of the book and sort of it was a, a fourth wall way of maybe trying to get you inside Batman's disorienting madness. you yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just thought it was absolutely incredible um, and it also has a nice scene with Damien at the end actually where they're gonna light the bat signal again. Batman's still missing. And Damien runs in and he goes, Get a new bat symbol. No! I said no. And then he goes, No, please. Yeah, well, that's right, because the bat signal. He's burned out the signal out. Signal out. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. it being on so long. I but watched those upside down pages. That's the point where I was like, Oh, Snyder, <laughs> calm yourself. I read the New 52 stuff digitally at the start because I just <laughs> couldn't like, get access. Just keep and I was just kind of like, did I, I was reading on a tablet, so I was kind of like, No, it's reorientating and what I can't read it. <laughs> a great example there of why you should always go for paper copies of comics and that's it. Digital. Yes, but I live in the end, middle of nowhere. <laughs> Um, and then yeah well we'll just come on to this last issue and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up because I will talk all year about this um, and this is the full Court of Owls story it, I should have said it is part of a two-parter graphic novel called Court of Owls and then City of Owls but Court of Owls so issue six you then get more of this Batman's been attacked in the labyrinth you know the uh, Batman the Court of Owls has sentenced you to die the Talons attacked him the Talons attacked him there's a blade through Batman he's he's never looked worse the suit's tattered as I say the cowl's falling apart I also love uh, sorry to cut you off there the black lettering or the the black pat, the black yep. bubbles with the white letters um, anytime the talons are talking talon, yeah. it's like a callback to Arkham Asylum yeah but I think I'm sure it's happened in other stuff um, I love it I love when it's letters are done like that to me it's like quite integral to the story as well yeah like, it's great to differentiate but when you kind of breeze a wee bit of horror as well yeah no definitely definitely I mean this is where it starts to the pieces start falling into place about just how creepy and influential society this is because you've only really been introduced to one talent at this point yes you've seen the photos mm -hmm. but you've only been introduced to one talent and then this talent lifts Batman up when he's at his, at his lowest and he says I present to you the Batman how do you wish him to die and you can see like a point of view shot from Batman where it's sort of blurred vision and you can just see these you know, horrifying masks just staring at them of the, of the court of eyes that's presented court. in the in the photographs and they? now they're starting to all come out because they think right batman's defeated and it's like how do you wish him to die and you've got this baying crowd of like break his neck no bleed him take his feet and then this was one of the creepiest lines of the whole thing where one of them says let the littlest one decide and she sort of goes hurt him more mm -hmm. so they just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and uh 
you know, you've never seen Batman treated like this outside of maybe Nightfall. Well, there's definitely an element the way the the Talon raises Batman above him, above yeah. his head. There's an element of little throwback you know, there. Yeah, of uh, the broken bat. No, definitely. Um, and again, you you're starting to actually think at this point. I know, obviously, with comics, there's a certain safety net of characters you know are going to survive and drive on a story and whatever else. But there was a real sense in this of like there was almost finality to it. Like he's really being ripped to shreds. He's completely cornered. Um, you know, he's even saying to himself, let it end, the pain, the fight, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then there's this, gonna have to just swear here, fucking amazing splash page <laughs> of Batman presented as a monster that the Court of Owls should fear. Um, he basically just leaps up, he's, you know, 10 stories high, absolutely built the suit has all healed itself as well he's now got big vampiric teeth and he's just like enough and just pushes all these court of owls off him. But it's, I mean it's, it's, it's worth mentioning that that strength to do so comes from witnessing the picture of his, thinking back to his grandfather Alan Wayne yeah. and his face and you know the fact that he was scared and begging that he you know he's calling out to someone that he needed someone to help him mm-hmm. uh, to help him stop them you know that and that him realizing that he that batman is this person that he's the only one in a position to potentially stop the court i yeah. guess and therefore dying now is not an option i mean you can tell this is where capullo as well has just said i'm gonna have some fun with these pages you know, he draws batman as this big hulking beast and the razor sharp fangs and he, the hunted becomes the hunter really quickly mm-hmm. um, pardon me as uh, you know they fight and fight and then Batman gets the better of him um, <clears throat> and he's actually able to take this talon down that I am sick to death of owls <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah there's just this really epic fight where they break around the maze and all the rest and you know it, it's interesting that then you start to see you're back to the the Batman who can deduce things so you've seen him completely you know all over the place for maybe two issues at this point and now he's saying out loud he's taking this one talent down and he's just saying you can't hide from me I know this city down to its foundation for example I know that this place the taste of the water in the fountain hence why I kept drinking it the minerals were near the river and I know the base of your big ugly fountain is white marble uh, sorry it's not white marble not construction marble like the rest of this place which makes it softer vulnerable to explosions and again it's all Batman using his deductive yeah. qualities to get out of there I mean this t- this Talon is the Talon yeah this is the same Talon that's attacked him at the start the several Talon's times fallen into the car you know yeah and what's great about it is that even though he's battered and broken and practically on fire and ripped to shreds he still leaves with a threat <laughs> he's just like I'll be back for you all <laughs> of you and then he gets out of there. <laughs> he um, throws himself into the hole. <laughs> You're like, all right, okay. And again, you see more creepiness with this, you know, society. You know, they've just witnessed Batman take this guy down. And then there's this creepy old woman being put out in the wheelchair. And she's like, well, that was thrilling. Um, what a wonderful gladiator, the Batman. And then the, it's like, what should we do with the other one? Ah, just dispose of him. The, the, whole, the, the, the whole gist of that, to me, just shows that the Court of Islands represent decadence. Yeah. And... Uh, ancient money people are tools and disposable yeah exactly yeah yeah like Tories uh, <laughs> that didn't so, take long so <laughs> yeah you know so that's that's what they that, that corrupt you know old more and more makes sense why Keith enjoyed this so much yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah but it's so. even interesting as well because to this point yes you've seen plenty of these guys the ones pulling the strings and the uh, the white masks but they're like, what should we do with this one? I'll dispose of them. It's like, oh, we've invested a lot in this one. Then you turn the page, it's like, 
it's okay we, we have many spares. more you know now we all we have to do is wake them up all of them um and i think that brings to the end the court of Isles. i think there's a wee backup story um oh no maybe the court of Isles is seven issues i thought it was six but yeah you have that throwback in issue seven i'll just chat very quickly about this um issue seven you have that little throwback of yes father i shall become of that essentially what this issue is is just setting up bruce getting back getting slightly rehealed and getting ready for an attack on the city as the court of Isles then decide they're going to attack gotham um and it sort of ends with this wonderful alice in wonderland type uh pastiche of go go and take gotham city it's almost like fly my pretties um and they go out wizard of oz is is that what i'm thinking of yeah yeah um but so yeah. this, the, the the I mean, what was what was important about that last issue, I think, is uh, sorry, yes, I should let you, uh, I should let you take over from here for the the Nightwing mythology. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that was. I mean, because this lay dormant in comics for a few years. It did, yeah. But it's now starting to come into, as you say, the Nightwing title. So I mean, Batman had got himself back to the Batcave through the through the back entrance, I guess, the secret entrance. And, and that, but uh, is it is it Alfred uh, discovered the body of the Talon uh, yeah. near the point where he also he discovered Batman's Bruce, yeah. Bruce's beacon, and he's he's got him back here, and he's just disrobed him, taking out the armor and so forth and so on, and and this guy is is the Talon, you know, and he, he he has that classic look about him as if you know the the, the way they draw his face, you're kind of like, oh yeah, this guy's from another time, this yeah. guy's from you know and. Victorian times. Victorian times, and they, they talk about. Uh, so even though he's shriveled and dying, it's it's very elegant and. There's a compound. Yeah, you know, there's a compound of isolated in a cell. Something, the court must have managed to synthesize. It's capable of reanimating dead tissue, bringing bodies back from the dead. You know, and I guess later on, there's some uh, there's some reference to in, the, the dark metal, isn't there? That Snyder yeah. makes to this, you know, and, and pulls that into the. The whole talent thing, whether or not that's retconned in, you know, uh, in this man's body, I find a significant amount of electrum. But of course, the offshoot is that that the talent, the, the guy who is continually uh, re- regenerated and attacked Bruce and thrown mm-hmm. him out of the window <coughs> and, and followed him out the window and picked himself up from a what twenty-story fall in a car and so forth and so on, uh, is William Cobb was his name. And true to them finding the DNA earlier is Dick Grayson's great great or great grandfather. So then we've got this whole family thing pulled in there, you know. So that was really that was really awesome. And as I say, that's the stuff that echoes into even the current Nightwing run. Yeah. Um, and again, it's great to see the detective qualities there of you know Bruce realizing that um, the way to shut it down is to lower the host's core body temperature. So you're basically putting them on ice. So that's how you sort of stop them to a degree. Um, but yeah, this this leads to a great moment, yeah. uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed, where Bruce just puts Dick in his place and hits him so accurately that he knocks out one tooth. <laughs> that he knocks out the exact tooth he was aiming for. But uh, yeah, again, this is mythology building more because William Cobb was Dick's great grandfather. Because I, I think it goes into a point where they used to talk about how they recruited people from the circus and they were yes, performers true. and acrobats and all the rest. And Dick would have been recruited except his parents were killed and Bruce took him in. So in a sense, yeah, this is it here. So he says, in pre-modern times, potential gladiators were sometimes escorted to the Colosseums by parades of performers, jesters and acrobats. And the ancient version of the, and then Dick finishes off, says, circus. Um, 
So yeah, in a sense, Bruce yeah. saved him from becoming a talent. Obviously, under unfortunate circumstances, given what happened to his parents. But it also lends a wee bit more to what they said at the start of the whole arc about how an owl builds itself in its enemy's nest. Mm-hmm. So it even suggests that maybe the talons did plan, or the court did plan for this. They got their talon in the owl's desk in the Wayne's house. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but then even even mm-hmm. more, you kind of wondered that the talons. Plan, plan for Richard and Mary. Dick, yeah, mm-hmm. Dick, uh, and, and did they plan the death of Dick Grayson's parents? You know, because you know, Dick says every every decade, Halley Circus, which is the circus that you know the, the Graysons belong to, uh, presented a crop of child athletes to the court, and the members chose one in secret to be trained as that era's talent. You were meant to be the most recent one, but when your parents died and you took me in, that changed the course. So. Again, backfilling history, going oh, there's a space there that I can use, you know. So I love that, you know. That's that's really fantastic. Yeah, and then so this is basically Bruce learning all the truths, accepting all of this, and saying, right now it's time for us to take the fight back to them, so to speak. But before they can even properly prepare, the Talons are actually on top of a tall building in Gotham, and they're being led out, of course, by the rich older folk, you know, who send young men to their deaths, so to speak. Um, and they're saying like you know we will kill our enemy but we will take back our city we will take back our kingdom and then as I say that's that Wizard of Oz stuff with uh, like go go and take back Gotham City uh, and it's interesting I'm surprised Batman didn't uh, twig this building because it's all covered now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's an easy one and that yeah. brings it into uh, Court of Isles as I say the, the arc does continue into um, City of Isles uh, which also has quite a few tie-ins, which were really, really interesting. It shows yeah. how different parts of the Bat family protect their respective places. Um, it might be something you might enjoy. It's in Nightwing, for example. Oh, right, um, yeah. I mean, obviously I read, whenever I read the Absolute Edition, I read... You just got the Batman stuff, but there's okay. like a Batgirl tie-in issue oh, that shows how she'd... So th- this was... Although the next one's called The City of Isles, they also have a graphic called The Night of the Isles, and it's all the different Bat characters and how they reacted to them invading Gotham City and in 60 seconds how does the City of Isles play out City of Isles uh, I would not be able to do it in 60 seconds so I'm just going to stop <laughs> <laughs> it starts off with them attacking Wayne Manor and Bruce having a huge massive metallic robot suit oh, and all sorts yeah, of good stuff yeah, um, really, yeah, that's right. so I won't go into it any further I than think, that um, as maybe a last point you can tell how iconic this book has become because well how iconic the Court of Isles has become mm-hmm. because the Talons have they have infiltrated other books mm-hmm. such as Nightwing yeah. and I know um, isn't there an issue of what do you call the what do you call the Wild West DC Jonah character Hicks. there's yeah. a couple of issues where yeah, he they, fights the early yeah, Court of Isles it's also well. part of that tie-in with Night of the oh, Isles okay, yeah, cool. they show how they even were able to infiltrate and sort of you know, be very suggestive back even in the old mm. west and use their will their influence. Um, but yeah, they're characters mm. that, for better or worse, have made it into Gotham, which I never watched. It just wasn't a TV show for me. Oh, um, and Gotham. You know, it, I, I've said it many times. If there was one Batman book, I wish they would make a movie out of. It's this because yeah. you're giving people something fresh. It's got tons of action. It's got mythology. It's got world building. It's got the Bat family. It's got a bit of dark wow. horror. It's got Gotham as a character. It's got, got a great legacy. relationship with Gordon. It's got stuff you can go into yeah. the past with. Um, it's this, got mythology building as well. That's, yeah. that's really... That's, yeah. I, I just get massively excited just rereading this book. I, I've, I've read, start to finish, 10, 12, 15 times. 
and I still just get a kick out of it. It is the perfect marriage of material, writer, and artist. Um, you know, I I can't speak highly enough about it. And I recommend it like crazy. It's probably yeah. our biggest selling Batman graphic because again, I use this as a starting point for people. Um, and then again, it kickstarts off an amazing run, which the is run is possibly incredible. unequaled yeah. in DC history. You know, it was fifty-two issues. There's that number again. Um, so much like they planned it that way. And there's a won't get into too many spoilers, but there's a Joker story towards the end that there's, is. Yeah, there's are very very. There's two great Joker stories. Um, you've got Death of the Family, which follows this. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you've got one called Endgame. Uh, which is later on, which is is wonderful as well. There's great stuff with Zero Year in there as well. Um, but yeah, these two working together, it's just a dream. It's you know, it's a shame in a way. Last Night on Earth will be their last one. Ooh. So they 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 were together for the whole the whole run is same oh, right. Okay, cool. That's the other thing that made it unique in the new Fifty Two. Um, as as Kellen says, one of the things yeah. that maybe disappoints him with Superman is the writers were chopping and changing, the artists were chopping and changing, ideas were chopping and changing. Um, this, to my knowledge, this is the only one that went as far as fifty-two that had the same creative team. Um, the only one that came close was Flash, which was a really good run actually. Bram Bocatello and Francis Manipal. Hmm. Not interesting because those are the two runs right now with Tom King and Joshua Williamson same that are thing. really yeah. neck and neck. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I've never had anybody come back and read Court of Owls and go, "Well, that was disappointing." It's Walt too scared to tell you <laughs> no believe me people are not t- scared to tell me my opinions are nonsense believe me um, but I think this oh no just, it holds up it absolutely holds up it uh, it's definitely um, encouraged me to look more deeply into Scott Snyder's work than Metal or Justice League would have yeah. you know for those reasons you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to go after American Vampire and maybe which is Reed Witches, yeah, which is another great one with yeah. Jock. Yeah. And I'm I'm probably going to look a little deeper into this uh, this new Fifty Two run, uh, and that which is nice because it's it's truncated at ends. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's one of those runs, as I say, always in the store. They're all there. As soon as one sells, it's ordered again, no matter what. Um, because I love introducing people to this run because, as you say, it's nice to sometimes jump into a long run, but it has an end point. Mm. You know, we will get that soon. Obviously, with Tom King's run coming to an end and then a new run starting. Um, you know it, it's hard for me to compare Tom King's run with this um, because I, I love Tom King's run as well um, this for me though embracing those dark horror roots and stuff and the word building is just it's unparalleled um, so final word for me is it's always in my top three favourite Batman stories of all time along with Dark Knight Returns and then the third one sort of interchanges <laughs> <laughs> but that and Dark Knight Returns always in the top three yeah, yeah, go along with that. Yeah, I'll I'll take you up on that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was just glad I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you wouldn't be invited was, back if you did. <laughs> it was uh, both writing and art were were really just really stellar. fantastic. Definitely, definitely top of the game in comic book stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was to start off the new fifty two like that for about for their Batman run just set the entire tone from one till fifty two. The quality never dropped. And go on, just say it for us one more time to finish off. Very few titles can can say that, including Superman, which breaks my heart. (laughs) But Snyder's Batman is untouchable. Yeah, I I agree. Best run of the new 52 by far. Um, So yeah, I'll leave it there because I could talk all night. Um, So yeah, that's that's another book club wrapped up. Uh, We've got a couple of titles I know coming up. I know, Keith, you're considering 
an indie title for the next one yes I think my next choice am I next up uh, it'll be yourself next up yeah after uh, that we're going to open the floor to Kaelin because I don't want to do two TCs back to back so my uh, my <laughs> choice next uh, maybe surprisingly is not in the Marvel milieu but uh, it's a Greg Rucka title uh, from a few years ago yeah. Image title. five issues called Old Guard so yeah. if you're looking to to read along now would be the time to pick it up in the shop yeah and then we're going to be moving on from that to Kaelin which is your choice is going to be Kingdom Come uh, the first graphic that I ever actually bought and that's what started my downward sp- downward spiral collecting comics <laughs> well that's good because that was uh, that's how we introduced Keith's first pick with Secret Wars what got him interested yeah. then I don't know if you've thought of another one for what your next oh, one will I be know. I'll keep it a secret oh, oh no. you can tell us mysterious writer Roddy yeah. McCants are you just winging it it's all my books <laughs> <laughs> anyway cheers that guys that was a lot of fun brilliant um, chance so yeah that was Court of Owls and uh always available in store guys so remember the court's always watching they are always watching and so am I you better buy it (laughs) (laughs) cheers guys Good night. bye